Welcome to episode number 147 of the Dust Safety Science Podcast. This is the podcast for building a global community around process safety and industries handling combustible dust. I'm your show host, Dr. Chris Cloney. In today's episode, we're talking about where the National Fire Protection Association is heading, what this means for combustible dust code users, and we're doing that with Alex Eng. Alex Eng, rather, fire protection engineer with the National Fire Protection Association, and they're based just outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Alex, welcome to the podcast today. Hi, Chris. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have Alex on. Um, his background is in fire protection engineering. He has a master's in this area from WPI, also in, in Massachusetts. Uh, and he has had several roles with within NFPA and is currently involved as staff liaison in several areas related to process safety. The genesis for this kind of show on where NFPA is heading, what this means for code users that are involved in combustible dust, really came out of some work that we've been doing with NFPA. Um, I've been involved with an advisory group there for some of the online training that we'll be talking about today, um, focusing around NFPA 652, standard on the fundamentals of combustible dust. And this topic really came up of, okay, well, what's NFPA doing today? Where are they heading? Where are their, their vision for the future and for how code users can get access to the material and use that material in new ways? What upcoming projects they're working on? And we said, well, this would be something that would be really interesting to discuss on the podcast because our listeners will be really interested in knowing well, what's going on with, with them. So in the show today, we're going to go through a little bit of Alex's background. What are these changes? You know, big changes or small changes, whichever kind of come up. But what, what's happening at NFPA? Where's their vision for the future heading? And what does this mean for, for code users that are using the, the North American codes that are being developed here? We're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about this online training that's being developed in regards to NFPA 652 and the other combustible dust codes and standards. And then just anything else that Alex thinks the audience should know that's coming down the pipe for the groups that are, are listening to the podcast today. So Alex, can you kind of just get started by sharing some of your background and some of the experience that you have with NFPA? Yeah, absolutely. So coming up in September, my fourth year with the uh, industrial and chemical team. Prior to that, I was an intern with the Fire Protection Research Foundation, um, where I helped the Fire Protection Research and our um, affiliate of NFPA um, on various research projects, um, and I even authored a paper combustible dust propagation and quenching ducts. So I'm familiar with dust in that regard. Um, and then on the industrial chemical team, a liaison um, for final gases, pyrotechnics, special effects, explosives, um, and I also back up Laura on the combustible dust project. So a staff liaison kind of shares RPA documents through their revision cycle. Um, in addition, we'll be subject matter experts when it comes to codes and standards that we are working for. Excellent. So, and you mentioned Laura there. Maybe just we'll give her full name so that somebody, if they're trying to figure out who's who, will have an idea who that is as well. Absolutely. Um, Laura Moreno is our, what's called a standards lead. So she is the manager of the National Chemical Safety Team. And she is also one of our staff liaisons for the Combustible Dust Project, um, which includes, you know, NFPA 652, um, as well as all of the commodity-specific standards. Excellent. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on today and, and taking the time to talk through this. As I, I mentioned in the outset, our audience is investigators, uh, you know, insurance folks, consultants, health and safety managers, um, government regulators, uh, and, and, you know, a broad swath of people that are using codes and standards that are developed throughout North America every day in their work and figuring out, you know, where things are heading and what kind of new tools are available for them in that regard is really interesting. So I appreciate NFPA taking the time to, you know, do this 
interview with, uh, with Dust Safety Science and also your time as well. Sort of on the high level, I guess, what are, we, we sort of ominously named the show, where is NFPA heading and, and what does this mean? But that, that's maybe more of a, you know, a catchy title than we need. But just in the high level, what are some of the changes that are happening in NFPA in terms of their folks in the industry? And then we'll get into what, you know, that means for the code users throughout the rest of the show. Yeah, absolutely. So NFPA, since, you know, our, the founding, we were, we are a codes and standards organization and we continue to be a codes and standards organization. And, you know, we're best known for, in the dust industry anyways, our dust codes and standards, NFPA 652 being one of them, uh, the commodity specific standards. And for you know, years and years and years, we would, you know, produce standards, write rules for them and, uh, go from there. Now NFPA is, you know, looking at adding value um, to those codes and standards. You know, what makes the codes and standards come alive, and also why do people keep returning to NFPA for, you know, the codes and standards, and why do, why do people come to NFPA for their uh, material as opposed to you know going somewhere else? Um, and that right there is what NFPA is kind of shifting to. We want an information and knowledge organization. So we have many volunteers, experts, and all of that. So in, in terms of that, we are tapping into our experts um, on different projects, um, especially the, the new dust training that's coming out. We're looking at enhanced content, and then we're intrinsically looking at the way, you know, how we provide standards going into, you know, the, the 21st century. You know, I still know people who, you know, love the hard copy code and standard book. Every um, me uh, going through school and stuff, I, you know, I use the PDF versions a lot. And then now we're going into, you know, new electronic formats, um, such as NFPA Link which is a new electronic format that, you know, not only gives you access to these, you know, code standard language itself, but, you know, gives some explanatory language and also focuses on providing, you know, bits and pieces and tools that, you know, all of your stakeholders and all of FBA stakeholders can use in their work. Yeah, and it makes sense, you know, this, what I hear you saying is it's moving from a codes and standards organization to, information and knowledge in addition to the codes and standards. So still doing everything that you're doing before, but getting really a lot more into, you know, how do people use the standards? Like you're saying in the, the sort of outset, and is there a better way? Is there a better method? You know, I, I also have the the printout of all the standards and, and I use them that way. And I also have the printout of about uh, 300 papers from my PhD and, and some boxes in my, my closet there as well. So I'm very familiar with the printout method, but maybe there's some new ways that we can, can develop to use that type of material, information and knowledge, and then also better auxiliary content and also better auxiliary tools. I think that's a lot of things that when we were talking offline, and sorry, you mentioned a couple of these already, like NFPA Link, some of the trainings being available, it really wraps us up into moving from you know, just the printout of the PDFs, the multiple prints out of printouts of the PDFs to something that people can use more in their work every day. Does that kind of make sense as, as a summary of what you're looking at to achieve? Yeah, absolutely. And adding on a little bit, it's also because we we as NFPA and you know, our stakeholders are part of a fire and life safety ecosystem. So you can read more about this on NFPA's website, 
but there's a whole interconnected you know ecosystem with each cog playing a role in the ecosystem so for years you know nfpa you know developed code and the standards they've developed reference standards but that's only one piece of the ecosystem and you know there are other pieces of the ecosystem and that's what nfpa is really you know kind of expanding on and focusing on a little bit more understanding that you know without you know a skilled workforce a trained workforce or investment in the workforce um you know codes and standards are good and all but if the workforce isn't trained or doesn't understand them and that's going to be a broken broken cog in the ecosystem and then it's going to fall apart um so that's an additional right there it makes sense yeah as as engineers we inherently kind of like the stuff some of the health and safety people maybe would steer farther away from it but yeah if all the you know you have all the cogs the big ones the small ones doesn't matter which one fails then the, the thing doesn't turn so if it's knowledge transfer that's the cog then that's an issue if it's leadership if it's knowing where to find material or if it's the the standards um, and codes themselves that are have gaps that still need to be addressed those can all be the missing cogs in that that fire and life safety ecosystem you're talking about. Exactly, exactly. Cool. Let's talk about some of the, the cogs that have been identified then and that were, you know, folks can expect coming down the tracks. I think you mentioned NFPA link already, but maybe let's let's just do the summary of the the different ones, you know, that folks can be expecting over the next 6 months, 12 months, couple of years sort of period through NFPA. Yeah, absolutely. So one of NFPA's, you know, goals for this year is all, you know, 300 plus codes of, or 325 plus codes of standards, handbooks, and other resources into NFPA link. So in the near term, you know, by the end of the year, we will have, you know, all of these codes of standards into NFP Link, which is this you know new electronic delivery platform, as we were discussing. Um, so, for in, in terms of Dust users, I you know just checked the other day, and all of the you know most recent editions of the Dust standards are in there. Um, so the, that is readily available for you know your Dust users to you know pick up and use uh, if they're looking at you know some other form of electronic delivery, and you know that's where the future is headed in that regard. So that's, you know, by the end of the year, um, a little bit even more before that, we are finishing up our uh, NFPA 652 online uh, dust module, our uh, online training series, um, which is centered around the 2019 version of NFPA 652. Um, so that's, you know, the by the end of the year, the immediate term. Um, and a slightly longer term, NFPA is looking at consolidating um, the NFP, uh, the NFPA dust standards. So before, you know, you had NFPA 652, which was, you know, your fundamentals of combustible dust. And then from that, it went to, you know, a commodity specific, you know, dust standard. So in the old days, you would have to buy, you know, NFPA 652 and the combustible, the commodity combustible dust standard that you were, you were using. Now we are looking at combining that because there are certain aspects about, you know, combustible dust that you know, are fundamentally repeated throughout all our codes. So now we're looking at bringing that together in one place so that, you know, the knowledge could be better, you know, sorted and, you know, revised and also be in one place. So you don't have to go through several different books before you, you know, find what you're looking for. Yeah, it makes sense. And so I got the three kind of areas then, NFP link, which... We'll include a, a, a link to in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 147. There's a, there's a free trial right now uh, that you can get access to, 
I believe, from that website. So we'll pull a link. I think it's NFPA org, nfpa.org slash NFPA link. Anyway, we'll, we'll pull the link. I'm logged into my paid account of NFPA link right now, so I can't quite figure out what the, the link is from here. But you can go kind of check it out from there. The actual, the paid version of NFPA link is you know, not overbearingly expensive in terms of folks that are using codes. Uh, at least when I looked at it, it was maybe the price of a single code. So if you if you need to buy one code this year, then you might be worthwhile to go check out NFPA link, get access to it that way. So that's sort of one area. Then we have the NFPA online training series, and we're going to dive into that a bit in this episode. And then the the future is this kind of consolidation of the NFPA standards. We've had folks on the podcast before talking about it as a I don't know if it's going to be the final number, but a temporary number of maybe NFPA 660. This is taking your fundamentals, your commodity-specific standards, um, and combining them into one document. As you said, this is helpful in a number of ways. One, to have one place to look instead of seven or eight, whatever the the number ends up being. It also forces us as a community to get together and say, well, well, what what conflicts are there between the different commodity-specific standards and each other, different commodity-specific standards and the fundamentals, and sort of address those as you go through that consolidation process. So it's sort of the three areas that we're looking at. Um, I'm hoping to get somebody from NFPA on in the future to talk about Link. Um, I am a, an active user at the moment and trying to get um, kind of used to the platform and and hopefully provide some feedback to the team that's developing as well. I'd encourage others to go check that out. Again, we'll have a link in the show notes of how to get there. I'm sure if you Google NFPA, uh, link, you'll you'll come up with it. I want to dive into this training because I think that's something that the audience of listening to the podcast here today will be really interested in. Can you just walk us through sort of the purpose of the training and who's it meant for? Yeah, absolutely. The genesis of this, you know, training came about um, when we looked at, you know, the training that we had existing. I think it was for the, maybe it was the 2012 edition of the standard. And that was prior to and that used to be the 654 training, um, and then it morphed into the 652 training now um, upon the creation of NFPA 650. So the idea behind that was, you know, we saw that, you know, we had this existing training and, you know, we wanted to you know, take it and modernize it, you know. And as through some other NFPA efforts, you know, we've realized that, you know, we've been revamping our training program and, you know, instead of making a death by PowerPoint, we've started adding, you know, videos, interactive exercise, simulations, and, you know, stuff like that to, you know, bring the training alive. So what we did is we took this, you know, NFP 652 as a code, um, and then we broke it out into kind of, you know, three modules. The first module is combustible dust safety awareness. The second module is dust hazard evaluation. And the last module is controls for combustible dust hazards. The first module, combustible dust safety awareness, you know, is a broad overview of, you know, the per- personal peer and facility safety and how to be more aware of the surroundings to prevent catastrophic incidents when, you know, dealing with dusts. The audience is, you know, new engineers, plant process workers and operators, enforcers, and, you know, any worker who needs to have an awareness of dust hazard. The idea behind this is, you know, your entry-level positions um, and people who don't, you know, necessarily need to know everything about a DHA or, you know, need to do a DHA or anything, but, you know, bring it alive to, you know, those entry-level workers or those people who, you know, don't really need to know much more about, you know, dust other than the the fundamental uh, tidbits. 
the dust hazard evaluation, you know, aims to expand, um, and which is module two, aims to expand, you know, the understanding of important considerations when performing a DHA and how to, you know, achieve compliance as well, or help, help achieve compliance. So this module further breaks down, you know, dust hazards and the dust hazard analysis um, and answers, you know, three key questions there. So like why you're conducting conducting a dust hazard analysis, you know, when you're conducting a dust hazard analysis, um, and then who is going to be conducting this dust hazard analysis. And this module was a little bit more for experienced engineers, you know, fire prevention professionals, owners, inspectors, facility managers, you know, um, risk managers, all of, all of those. This module will, you know, learn not how to complete a DHA, but rather, you know, help the learner think through the numerous considerations that will be given when a DHA is, you know, performed. And it's, you know, and as I was, you know, thinking about it, you know, it's another tool in that toolbox to, you know, become a competent person. Because I know in 652, we always have kind of this negative or nebulous, not negative, nebulous question of, you know, what makes a person a competent person? Is it, you know, someone who's been in the industry for 25 plus years? Is it someone who's taken a test? Is someone who's a fire protection engineer. Um, so this will, you know, help provide people with the ability to become a competent person. It's a tool that they can use to become a competent person. It doesn't make them a competent person, but it's, you know, a tool. Um, and then lastly, you know, our module three controls for combustible dust hazard, you know, provides experienced engineers, HSE leaders, professionals, plant process and risk managers, um, with the understanding of how controls and implementations recommended by a completed DHA are put into action. Um, so you're covering you know, considerations that are made in the development of a DHA. Um, and this module spotlights the safeguards in place to mitigate, contain, and control dust hazards. So that's kind of just a, a broad overview of you know, the three modules and kind of the audiences in those modules that these modules are aimed for. Yeah, it makes sense to me. And I, I like the breakdown, awareness, hazard evaluation, um, and hazard control, or hazard awareness, hazard evaluation, hazard control, I guess. And it sort of makes sense. I mean, the broad hazard awareness would be something that could be really given to anyone who's an employee at a facility that's handling combustible dust. Maybe, you know, maybe they're a laborer or, you know, floor staff or a health safety manager, like really anyone that's going to be on the floor should have some sort of level of awareness about combustible dust safety. They're probably not doing hazard analysis. They're maybe not fitting explosion vents and that sort of stuff, but it is good to have that broad explanation. And then sort of going down, so hazard evaluation, okay, that needs a, another level of detail, and a smaller number of people are going to need that information. And then even more so when we start getting into the different control methods, and it can be quite specialized at that stage. You know, If you're talking about ignition source control, well, there's a lot of different options there. There's a lot of different technologies to consider. There's a lot of different things to consider in terms of testing, maintenance, and that sort of thing to do with all those different control methods. And a really, you know, a smaller subset of people are going to be focused on that more technical area. And I, I like the, the hazard evaluation breakdown for DHAs, why, when, and who. And I'll give an example. Just yesterday, we had a phone call through dust safety professionals um, of an individual who's uh, in industrial hygiene. And the company he was working with said, we've been told we need something. And so he, the words he used to me was, we need a, we need a, a dust analysis. And I said, oh, do you mean a... You know, dust hazard analysis. He said, "Well, I, they didn't say it that way. They said dust analysis." So I dug in. He said, and "Eventually, we got around to oh, they asked for a KST test. So sort of, you know, they needed at the end what the solution was was a go no go screening test. 
determine whether or not they're going to start down the road of NFPA 652, getting their dust analyzed, dust analyzed further and whether or not they need to go to a hazard analysis level. Um, but the key point that I want to make there was this sort of awareness training, that first level training of even what are the terminology that we should we all need to use as common language is something that's really important to get out there. It's something that if it was available, I might point this you know individual to to say, well, this give you a set of tools where you can talk to your companies that you're working with and even help explain to them, you know, different terms that are are, are used in these different source scenarios. So I just kind of put that out there as an example of someone coming in, not really knowing what they need in terms of combustible dust safety, but knowing that they need something and and this sort of training, giving the tools that can provide that. Exactly, exactly. And these modules are also you know, customizable in the fact that, you know, you don't have to, you know, take all three of them to, you know, complete the course if you are, again, the floor worker or, you know, you're someone who, you know, just needs a go, no go test, you know, they might have taken, you know, modules one and two um, for that and realized, okay, we don't need to implement controls for combustible dust hazards just yet. We just need, you know, model module one to increase my awareness and then module two to figure out, you know, uh, the, the questions on whether or not I needed dust hazard analysis and, you know, all of that. Yeah, that makes sense. And I wanted to, you, you mentioned sort of, I think you, I heard you say death by PowerPoint in there somewhere. So you, I, I know that the, the team that's developing this online training has, has gone to pretty great lengths to learn about how people learn and try to incorporate that in, in more varied ways within this training. And, and some of the things that jump out to me, having seen some of the preliminary versions, was, was things like simulations. I do remember seeing a couple of examples and trying not to, to give away too, too much, but of, you know, say an incident has happened, a fictitious incident that's made up, and you're doing the investigation, how would you go about doing that and sort of having a stepwise process where, you know, maybe there's videos and there's different things you can kind of walk through the training to make it a little more interactive and this is sort of list over bullet points. Anything else from the training you think folks, you know, might be interested in terms of, you know, how it's being displayed and maybe some of the changes from the traditional types of training that they may have been involved in previously? Yeah, so as we've brought in, you know, instructional designers and, you know, people who, you know, focus on, you know, learning techniques and how, people best learn, you know, before it used to be, you know, death by PowerPoint, but it also used to be, you know, super code centric, like this required, this is requirement, you know, 9.3.3.3. And this is what it says, and this is what it means. But, you know, this training is kind of taking a step back from that going, okay, you know, what is section 9.3.3.3, you know, trying to get across? What's the concept? you know, introducing them to that concept and then saying, okay, this is where you can go find that requirement. So it's, you know, not necessarily teaching you to be proficient in the code. I mean, that's a part of it, but it's, you know, increasing your, your knowledge and giving you that knowledge and information that we're trying to get across. And that's kind of the, the shift that we're, we're making here for this um, training. Well, it makes sense. I think it ties really nicely back into things like NFPA Link and the other tools that you're developing is it's, you know, you get to that, you get to bullet 5.2.2.1-2 bracket three. <laughs> um, and, and it's like, you can, inside of NFP LinkedIn, you sort of tie back and maybe it pull out a piece of the train module that addresses that point. And the reason why that very specific statement is in there, some of the context behind that, it, it you can't show that in the, PDF version, but you can in this new platform uh, that's uh, going through at NFPA Link. What are some of the other sort of key points or anything else on these projects or tools or resources 
that FPA is developing that we've missed? Um, anything that folks really should be looking out for for, for code users? I, I think the, the the greatest thing about Link is that, you know, in addition to providing this expanded content is, you know, being able to tap into other resources that, you know, might not necessarily be generated from NFPA. So, for example, you might be going through NFPA 652 in Link, for instance, and it might have a, an external link to, you know, your dust safety science, you know, information. And I know you do a, a combustible dust incident report, you know, every year. And like that has a great wealth of, you know, statistics and knowledge. And, you know, I've, I've used it in my research personally and, and stuff like that. And that, you know, link might have a, you know, an external link or, you know, a, a snippet of that information from you guys, for instance. So I think that's something that, you know, code users should be you know looking out for is that, that extra little bit of expanded content and stuff that's going into link as well. And, you know, we always welcome feedback as well on, you know, these products that we're put, putting out. I know one of the biggest, you know, feedbacks that we're, we're getting is, you know, we want to have, you know, the ability to share little bits and pieces of the code, not the whole code, whatnot. Um, and we've implemented that. So that's, you know, an example so of something that you should, you know, be looking out for. And, you know, something that's really cool about Link and what makes Link different than a PDF. There's two pieces to it. The link to external content I really like. Sure, if it's dust safety science, that's awesome, <laughs> um, and and hopefully we're creating the material that's um, can be fodder for that type of information to be exchanged and that type of learning being completed. But even the existing stand, the existing documents that are referenced in there, the you know the really technical ones. Being a really technical person myself, it can be a challenge when you're referencing out to those documents with real really no way to get access to them, or in turn even having a challenge finding them. So having, you know, sometimes they're behind a, a they could be behind a paywall. They could be behind a, a, a language barrier. There's lots of reasons why you may not have access to it. But where they are available, having the ability to link directly in the code that you're using, and instead of spending three hours figuring out where that reference is and, and where it came from and why it was and how it was used, at least being able to you know sidetrack that do a five minute okay, this is what the, where this comes from is tremendously valuable as a, as a user of the code at the end of the day. The code snippets, I know that's something that, that's probably been asked quite a bit and it's interesting to kind of see how that tool develops. You mentioned an interesting point here that you're really taking feedback from the code users and developers, or sorry, the, the users of the code while you're doing the developing of these different platforms. If somebody has, you know, is listening to this and going, this really needs this feature or the training really needs this feature, where should people go to to submit those queries to you or submit those queries to NFPA? Is it just a matter of going to dustsafetyscience.com slash 147 for this episode and emailing you? Or is there more of a formal way that they can, can, can submit that information? I believe uh, the NFPA link has a you know a feedback feature um, and then on that. So um, and if, and I believe the link is, ironically, nfpa.org forward slash link um, is how to get to the NFPA you know, link um, Web web landing page, and I believe there's you know uh, a place to submit feedback or or comment on that on that page. Uh, but you know they can also you know email myself as well, um, or you know through our traditional you know NFBA you know contact us me, uh, means you can you know go on and submit you know a technical question. You can also you know call our hotline and our NFPA website also has um, live interactive help as well that you can you know, submit. Um, 
definitely help queries as well. And uh, that will eventually get back to us. Excellent. Like I said, it is nfpa.org slash link. That is the link to NFPA link. That's a lot of links. We'll include that URL in the show notes at dustsafetyscience.com slash 147. Um, the training doesn't have a, a home per se yet. I'm sure that once it is available, uh, you'll be able to find that at the nfpa.org website. Any kind of last things you want to leave folks off with in terms of combustible dust safety, in terms of you know what they should be thinking in relation to combustible dust standards and codes, um, anything else coming down the pipe for NFPA? Just any, any sort of final words today? Yeah. Um, so just a, a general note of how to you know access any of our you know currently our combustible dust standards or any related products um, is our document info pages. Um, so NF, it would be you know nfpa.org forward slash and then whatever the code or standard is. So if you wanted to access the web or the document info page for NFPA 652, you would go to www.nfpa.org forward slash 652. That will bring you to what's called their document info page. Um, and that document info page has, you know, other wealth of knowledge, again, for both, you know, TIAs, FIs, formal interpretations, stuff like that. Um, you see who's on the committee. Um, and then it also allows you to submit technical questions as well. Um, so that's a, that's a handy tool that, you know, not too many people realize. And then also on those, you know, document info pages, you can sign up document alerts such that, you know, you're notified when, you know, something posts to the document info page. Um, and that normally comes down to, you know, meeting minutes, you know, when there be another meeting, um, stuff, and, you know, when public input's open, when public uh, comments open, things of that nature. So that's a super handy tool to have in your, you know, arsenal of, you know, you don't need to monitor constantly, but you can, you know, sign up for those email alerts. And if you go, okay, I want to know when the next dust, uh, you know, Corlane committee meeting is, you'll, you will put to that website. Um, so that's a, a great thing to be looking out for in that regard. And then the other thing that kind of going off of that is, you know, the dust consolidation is still underway and eventually will open back up for you know public input. So that's you know when the public gets a shot at you know suggesting changes into the document. Um, so it not maybe not the end of this year, but you know, second half of next year, you know, that will start to open up on the, the document uh, info page. Currently, right now, I don't think the document info page for that um, consolidation project exists yet but you can easily sign up for you know the other document info pages and those will you know redirect you to the new consolidation project when that you know public opens up for public input so i think that's another thing that people should keep an eye out for um, in the near future sure and we covered um, back in episode 128 and 20 129 again the number may change but fpa 660 upcoming fpa changes and what they mean for combustible dust safety and that was with Jason Kerbeck. And he sort of he sort of walked through why the consolidation, a bit about how it's being done, a bit about the timelines and that, um, sort of what to expect. I, I do want to reiterate the point that Alex said about the doc info pages. Because I went to them for a long time and they have a little, you know, paragraph describing the the, the standard, and then you click your free access <laughs> and 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 scroll there before. But if you just scroll down one page, there's all these little tabs, current and prior edition, next edition, technical committee, ask a question, um, news. If you click on those, there's a ton of information there about that standard. 
Um, even under next edition, you can go through it and basically view the minutes from any meeting. And there's a lot of them. The technical committee, if you need to get a hold of somebody that's involved with that standard, um, that's a really good place to look and ask technical questions. Really the way that you can get that information. If you have questions that you need to get answered for that specific standard. So it's almost deceiving because you land on the page, it has the paragraph, you can get your free access or buy the thing. But if you scroll down just a little bit, there is a ton of information available in that Right now, it's a probably if you're listening to the future, it may change a bit, but right now there's sort of a ribbon that has these different buttons on it. Um, there's a lot of information around that standard that you can use when you're you're uh, trying to figure out how to use that for your work as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a great great resource, and I, I think we as staff, you know, kind of underestimate how or how little how few people you know are aware of the the document info page because we use it in our daily lives all the time. I mean, you know, going to that page. You know, figure out you know when the meet, uh, past meeting minutes, agendas, you know, technical committee, you know, information and stuff like that. And then I even have alerts enabled my you know on my on certain document info pages, so I, I'm alerted to you know when my agendas are posted and you know when other NFPA standards are going into cycle and stuff like that. So it's an incredibly handy tool that I don't think you know too many people know about. Yeah, and the last point that you said to start was it's it's nfpa.org slash the standard number to get to that page. So 652 will bring you 652, 69 will bring you 69, and, and so on and so forth. So it's it's pretty easy to get there. Well, that's great. Um, I appreciate you coming on again today, Alex, to walk through these different facets of NFPA, where they're heading in terms of you know their strategy within industry, their focus areas, how they're helping code users moving forward. And then again, what this means for combustible dust safety and folks that are in industries that are handling combustible dust and using these type of codes there. Um, very valuable information. If you want to get a hold of Alex, we'll have a way to do that. The show notes, again, that's dustsafetyscience.com slash 147. And we'll have the, the links that we mentioned too, but I, it's nfpa.org slash link, L-I-N-K. We'll take you to the NFPA link page. And you know, I, I have my membership. I'm kind of testing using it now. And I'm really excited for where that platform is going. I would encourage folks at least try out the the trial version and and really probably get access to it. If you're using these codes again in any type of frequency, then it's it's going to be more cost uh, cost effective to to go to NFPA Link and get involved with what they're doing there. Hopefully, we'll be able to get somebody on in the future to talk through that platform where they're headed with that as well. Uh, but for today, Alex, I do want to say thank you again. I'm looking forward to this training as it's developed as it comes out, and appreciate you taking the time to come on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Alex. I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. So you've been listening to myself, Dr. Chris Cloney and Alex Ng, and we've been talking about where NFPA is heading and what that means for combustible dust code users. We talked through a bit about Alex's background. He's a fire protection engineer with NFPA. Uh, he's a background in fire protection engineering. He does master's at, uh, at WPI, and I told him I wouldn't, wouldn't say... Uh, wouldn't try to say Worcester because uh, I don't say it right. So I'm Canadian, but what can you do? Uh, we talked about his roles with NFPA and some of the different uh, areas he's been focusing on. The real focus of this discussion was around, you know, where is NFPA heading? Was mean for combustible dust code users? We talked about really a transition or addition maybe to the focus from just a, a codes and standards organization to also including information and knowledge. And then what that means for for you is really around better tools, better evaluation of how folks like yourselves listening to the podcast today are, are using the codes and standards and trying to mold what's being developed and what's coming down the pipeline to to really better drive with those use cases. More auxiliary content, more auxiliary tools to help 
when the standards don't, you know, help read between the lines of the standards, help provide additional context, help provide additional background. Um, and this online training is coming up. So, and NFPA link, we talked about that a lot as well. The online training is, uh, I believe, three parts uh, covering NFPA 652 and related standards, talking about hazard awareness, hazard evaluation, hazard control. It's really broken out to have different audiences. So the hazard awareness is more the broad scope that really should apply to anyone in, in my mind that's working either with or in or adjacent to an industry is handling combustible dust. Um, down to hazard evaluation, these would be your folks that are involved on dust hazard analysis teams, involved leading dust hazard analysis, or even maybe reading the, the information, the reports that are coming out of that type of evaluation. Um, those would be good sort of audiences for that. And then down to hazard control. So what are the different control methodologies, how to make sure they're operating effectively, safely, what kind of maintenance is needed, what kind of um, routine inspections need to be done, how do we make sure things going to operate at the end of the day correctly, keep people safe. And it gets more specialized as you sort of go down the tree like that. Uh, we closed out with just talking through some different tools that are available to people. Again, the doc info pages for the existing standards are at nfpa.org slash the standard number. That's got a ton of information related to what's going on with that standard while it's being developed. Um, you can submit public feedback. When they're open for public feedback there, you can also ask a testimonial question. And NFPA link, which is something that's being developed now. All of the combustible dust standards are in there. Uh, again, you can get a free trial at nfpa.org slash link, or we'll have the, the link in the show notes as well. Uh, if you have any comments or questions or feedback, you can get a hold of Alex um, at the show notes, and we'll have a, a way to do that from the, the contact information there as well. So as always, I want to say thank you for listening to the Dust Safety Science Podcast. Um, I appreciate everything you're doing in interest handling combustible dust, making them safer every day, and I hope that everyone's staying safe out there this week. 